Welcome to the Single Lady Estates podcast. My name is Bobby Wasserman, and I'm the founder of Single Lady Estates. Thank you for spending some of your time with us. Today, we are tackling landscaping. Whether your yard is big, small, or a patio balcony, we have information for you. A great updated landscaping design can add as much as 15% to the value of your home. And just as significant, a poorly landscaped yard can detract buyers and cost you money on a sale or money on maintenance or both. Today, Monica Reyes, the CEO of CME Landscape Corporation, is going to tell us what we need to know about the financial power of landscaping, that maintaining a yard, especially during a drought, and how to get started creating an outdoor living experience that you love. Monica brings over three decades of entrepreneurial experience, business acumen, and leadership to CME Landscape. She holds a State of California contractor's license specializing in C27 landscaping. Welcome, Monica. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So first of all, let's talk about all the certifications that you have regarding landscaping because there are way more than I thought were possible. Yes, there is. So with regards to landscaping, as you shared, I am a State of California contractor. I'm also certified in landscape maintenance management and certified by Quality Water Efficient Landscape Management Program. That's an accredited organization through WaterSense and the EPA. I'm also a certified women-owned minority business and excited to have this conversation and share with your audience about how to have wonderful landscape great curb appeal, and be cost and water efficient. Excellent. I am just so curious how you got interested in landscaping. It's such a pivot from the corporate world you left. Uh, tell us about how you went from healthcare to plant care. Well, I've always been an entrepreneur. I remember as a young child um, visiting on vacation and picking up bottle caps and selling them to the neighbors. So it's always been in my blood. And about 25 years ago, I began in the employment field, uh, staffing, and that then led to medical staffing uh, nationwide. And I really considered my time there a paid business school. I was able to learn all aspects of operations, management, sales, leadership. And with that, I really saw myself as an entrepreneur working for someone else. When I met my partner, Clayton, who is my partner in life and then a partner in business, he decided he wanted to start a landscape company. But the caveat was that I would manage it. And I thought, well, this is the opportunity that I've been looking for. So with that being said, I took all of my experience in employment staffing and management and leadership and his experience as what I call the grass magician <laughs> was 25 years of ground care, golf course management throughout the United States, as well as the study of agronomy, which is the study of grass. And we became a powerful team. And here we are eight years later. 
Congratulations. I mean, you really took this from more of a gardening business to a big corporation. You're very well respected in Southern California. So just really congratulations on that. There, um, so let's get into the landscaping aspect because there are so many areas of landscaping to tackle. So let's start at the importance of landscaping, whether you have a sprawling estate, a small yard, or just a balcony. Well, I'd like to share that landscaping does not have to be expensive. Whether you have a huge property with lawn and ornamentals and tremendous amount of plants, or you're living in a one-room studio apartment, you can create a landscape haven that truly inspires and nourishes you. And you can do that on a budget. I think that many times people look at having large gardens as a huge investment and that it can be. And you can also have the same beautiful environment and be extremely cost effective. So uh, I really want to break that mindset of spending lots of money as well as spending lots of water and still having an environment you love. Excellent. You know, there are studies that have found evidence that being in a green or even being able to look out onto a green landscape is linked with less anxiety and depression, better stress management, and can even positively impact recovery from a surgery. What has been your experience with your clients in that realm? Well, it is a proven fact. And many clients Primarily, in my experience in the last five years, large corporations or corporate office environment, understanding that prior to the pandemic, of course, where people were spending so much time in their offices, that having a green space or a biophilic garden, which is a, a sustainable inside garden or sometimes known as a, a wall garden, really makes a difference with blood pressure, with stress, and just having a space that enhances some clear thinking for their guests and their employees. And many of my clients at this time are, now that people are coming back into the workplace or an office environment, are really looking at how to enhance that for their guests and their employees. I think that also talks to the idea of campuses, you know, for corporations, where there's a lot of more green space. So it seems that people are understanding the benefits of the outdoors and good landscaping. And one more aspect that I wanted to share is there's the health benefit as well with regards to oxygen. There are particular plants that you can have in your environment, home or business, that actually clears the air, that provides more oxygenation, which helps with focus and energy and just overall positive health benefit. Excellent points. We both reside in California where we are experiencing a real severe drought. For our community members throughout the Southwest, can you maintain a lush yard during a drought? Or how do you do that? <laughs> well, uh, well, my first thing to say is, yes, you can. Uh, <laughs> there is a misconception that to have a green, beautiful lawn, you need to 
use a lot of water. Now, it is clear that 50% of water usage for a resident or a building is outside. And you can adjust your water usage in many ways. It can be done by a water audit to see if you have any leaks or inefficient landscape irrigation situations. That helps with regards to water efficiency. But even the simplest change in watering your lawn at the right time and for a smaller amount of minutes. So I'll give you an example. Some people water their lawns in the morning, say between 8 and 10, and they let it go for 15 minutes. Now on a hot day, the water evaporates. It doesn't really sink into and it doesn't get absorbed into the soil. Now, if you took that 15 minutes and you broke that up five minutes a day, early morning, very early morning, say at 5 a.m. or late at night, say 7 p.m. or 8 p.m., there's going to be a distinct absorption into the grass and it's much more efficient. I think that's really important to know, especially as, at least in California, you know, we've got really severe restrictions and it's just using your time wisely. I think like in any area of your life, right? You want to use your time wisely for the maximum efficiency. Yes. Okay, great. Now I've seen yards with AstroTurf from afar that look lush. (laughs) And then I've seen people just give up and their yards are a big patch of brown. So how do you smartly landscape for the long term without throwing your money away? Well, I would tell you that any landscaping is cost involved and needs attention. So for example, AstroTurf is beautiful and requires little maintenance, but is extremely expensive. And there's still maintenance that's required. You'll have weeds and grass that still comes up and somebody will need to address that in some way, whether it's someone in your neighborhood or yourself. With regards to drought tolerant uh, landscaping, it's very popular right now, especially in Southern California, and our state is providing rebates for removing your grass and installing native plants and uh, what they call water tolerant landscaping. It looks beautiful at the beginning. Again, if it's not maintained, it will turn into dead plants and a patch of brown grass. And really, what it looks like is how do you consider and look at your investment, large or small, long term, and what do you want it to look like and what's your willingness to upkeep it? Some people will say, I want to keep my landscape and I'm going to hire someone and that's my investment. I'll make sure that the watering practices are efficient and and such, or I'll even pay the fines. Some people are willing to do that. Other people will say, I want to save water. I want to make sure that everything is as efficient as possible. And again, it's in the upkeep. What does that cost? It could cost as little as $25 to have 
somebody just come by or it could cost hundreds of dollars if you don't take care of it and then have to redo it. Of your clients, I'm kind of curious, how many of them have said, you know what, I'm just going to pay the fine. I've got such an investment in my yard and I don't want to mess that up. Well, our business is primarily commercial properties and I do service a few residential estates. I would say that for the most part with the residential estates, when they're very large properties, they know that that's the investment. They're clear on what they want to keep and how they want to look. So there's a willingness to pay the fines, but also looking at alternative practices such as maybe changing out their irrigation to a drip format or having regulators with regards to how much water is actually being used. And those are things that you can either get from support from the state or your county or purchase on your own. Great. Really good to know. For people with limited space from the very small yards to balconies, what do you recommend for creating an outdoor green space, even if you're just sitting in a chair on your condo balcony? Well, I would say first, find something you love, something that you can commit to, because if you are have a really busy lifestyle and watering your plants isn't that important on your list, then you want to have something that only needs to be watered maybe uh, once a week or twice a month. And you can create beautiful bamboo fern or flowers in an area or like you said, on a patio that brings you joy and uh, you enjoy being with. Great. Are there special landscape considerations for people living in areas with four distinct seasons? Well, I'm a California landscaper, and I probably would have Clayton answer that question (laughs) (laughs) since he's the grass magician. But I would say know your area. With regards to even Southern California, we do have different seasons from whether you're cold in the snow or the desert beach area. I think that you need to understand what type of plant or flower is going to bloom and live. Uh, What's, again, the consideration of the soil. And not everyone is interested in doing that. Some people just say, "Um, I want it to be easy and look pretty. And what I would recommend is going to your nursery letting them know they are specialists, they are very familiar with what works and and doesn't, and really sharing your vision and getting their expertise. You know, even with me in my yard, when I go to the nursery, they really are experts. And if you tell them exactly what you're looking for in regards to the look, to what you want to spend, if you travel, you know, you're not going to be able to water it manually, they will be incredibly helpful. So that is just FYI for everyone. That is a really good tip. Can you talk about native plants and the benefits of using them regardless of where you are in the country? Absolutely. You know, native plants are easy to care for. Again, they don't take a lot of water. They're very climate-centric and they're cost-effective. The other thing that's just wonderful around adding native plants is you create a habitat for birds and butterflies and nature 
And it also helps reduce the strain on the environment overall. I mean, you're actually perpetuating uh, life. Oh, wow. I know. It's beautiful. They just come and they feed and pollinate and do that beautiful magic that animals do. And I just want to also add, you can take those native plants and put them in pots and put them on your balcony. So maybe hopefully you get some butterflies and birds just to kind of bring yourself closer to nature. Yes. At what time of the year should you be thinking about adding to or changing your landscaping? My recommendation is first and foremost, spring. If they're looking to have a change, I would begin the planning stages in the winter just to kind of think like, you know, what is it that I want? Because even if you plant something in the spring, it's really not going to flourish with time and, and the growth process for a few weeks. Unless you uh, put together uh, an environment where everything is in full bloom and full growth, things take time. Uh, when we talk to our clients and they say to us, we want to redo and have this look a certain way, the first thing we say to them is, great, we can support you with that plan and it's going to take some time. So you have to be aware of the planning stages, your investment, and then the patience that it takes. You know, that uh, saying about watching grass grow, things take time to develop. And I think that also gives people the opportunity to engage in their environment and that way, by summertime, things are grown and really look great. Let's talk specifically about balconies and very small patios, whether that is your sole outdoor space or a space accompanied by a larger yard, for example, like second-story balconies. What are some tips that you can give people so that specific small outdoor space is enjoyable and a destination? You know, you can do so much with small spaces. Biophilia or wall gardens or inside gardens are very common. And with a small investment, you can have beautiful succulents and flowers and green wall. You can use your shelving uh, or shelf areas. Again, tree corners, countertops, finding plants that you feel good around, that look good for you, that work with your time, and really just flourish on their own. You know, I love to have a plant I give attention to, and then a month later, I see how large it's grown, and it's hanging, and it's blooming. It's beautiful, and I enjoy it, and it really brings positive energy towards me. Don't get caught up in that you don't have space because you can really create something amazing. Yeah, I wanted to add that I had a friend that had a vertical herb garden on her. Now she had a yard, but she put this vertical herb garden outside her kitchen window, which faced a very small side path. So it was really like between her window and the fence was about three to four feet. And that fence was covered in this vertical garden with herbs. It was incredible. And it was really smart. Mm. And I also want to let people know, you can just Google this on the internet and you can get these delivered to you. It doesn't involve a lot of time travel and head scratching. 
whatever you want now is so easily accessible. Absolutely. And even when you go to the market now, they have mint plants and basil and dill, and you can actually create a mini herb garden in your kitchen and have that there and the energy and the scent and the accessibility. I mean, how much better can that get? Exactly. Exactly. So now that we've chosen our landscaping, let's talk about water management. And what is the most efficient way to keep your landscaping thriving and the different types of water systems that you can have? So first of all, I would say understanding your water usage. Like 50% of your uh, water usage is outside. So if you can begin to look at how often you're watering, how much water is being used, or just trying to even just understand you can have someone like myself, who's a qualified water efficiency landscaper, actually come out and audit your property. It takes about two hours. And what we do is we review your soil to see how that absorbs water. We review your watering systems. And that could be from you water by hand to a drip system to a sprinkler system. We evaluate how much water is being used. And then we help you with practices around you may have areas that are overwatering and need to be adjusted or underwatering. You know, you might have leaks. So it's understanding that balance and also looking at if you have an automatic controlled watering system, you know, the timing. You may have it on a schedule all year for the same amount of water usage, whereas it needs to shift. During the winter, many people completely turn off their water cycle because it's not necessary. And of course, during rainy season and maybe a little bit more during the summer. But again, it's really understand the efficiency and having somebody, an expert ideally, come out and really look at, are your needs being met? Uh, what are your landscape goals? And how do we be effective with your water usage? Oh, excellent. You know, that's new information for me. So <laughs> that, that sounds great. Where can people research watering options for their areas? You had mentioned rebates and all the other different incentives now that people are given, especially in the Southwest. Yes, there are so many resources available. So first and foremost, I would have you start with your city. Uh, many cities, you can contact the water department and they will give you information if there's a particular program or limitations. Then I would recommend your county. I live in Los Angeles County, and there are tremendous websites and information channels regarding water usage and information. Recommendations on the internet would be bewisewater.com. Terrific information. Saveourwater.com, epawatersense.com, and EarthEasy. Oh, fantastic. Oh, thank you. That's really good. Really good tips. With all our discussion, I just want to go out and redesign my yard right now. <laughs> <laughs> but at what point does it really make sense to hire a landscaper? Well, it, I'm going to say it's going to depend on what you're able to commit to. 
some people love mowing their lawn and being in the garden. And that's something that is therapeutic and there's a, a sense of joy and that comes with it. If that's you, then I say, keep doing what you're doing. If it's not, and you'd rather have someone come in and manage that for you, some of the things that I would have you look at is, well, what is it that you want it to look like? And what is your budget with regards to how often and what you'd like for them to do? So as a practice, you want to definitely interview who would be coming out find out with regards to their experience, how long they've been in business, do they carry appropriate insurances, how are they communicating, or how can you communicate if there's something that needs to be addressed, and the expectation. There are many landscapers in residential areas that blow and go. They come in, they do just what's necessary, and they leave. Yes, I've had that person. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's other companies and organizations that really believe in the long-term relationship. And that's something that Clayton and I really pride ourselves on is creating long-term partnerships with people and organizations to really maintain their property, whatever they would like it to look like and have it reflect for them, but also what their long-term plans are. And the expectation. And that's why we keep doing what we do. I love it. Love it. So what if you just need a landscaper to spruce up your yard for curb appeal before you put your house on the market? What are the main areas that you want to focus on? Well, if you are looking to put your home on the market, really it's curb appeal. It's the first impression. As you drive up to the house, as you drive down the street, you want it to be clean and manicured, whatever that looks like. It could have grass, it could have flowers and ornamentals, or it could be a, a drought-tolerant landscape. Regardless, you want it to be free of weeds, free of trash, debris, dead plants, and manicured. If there's a lawn, you want to make sure that the grass is mowed evenly, that the edging is done and that if there's, say, shrubs or hedges, that that has a clean look to it. It doesn't have to be fancy, and you don't have to install or go to uh, the nursery and purchase a, a ton of plants or flowers. It just needs to be manicured. Like maintained. Yeah. It gives you also the impression that the home is being maintained. Exactly. Great. Can you provide our audience with three to five great general tips when it comes to landscaping? What do we all need to know? Well, I would say that first off, anyone can have a green thumb. It could be a small thumb or it could be a big thumb, but it's something that you can create for yourself. What I would say is know what you can commit to and learn about that particular plant or environment and if that's not something that you have a knowledge base of, then again, I refer you to your landscaper or your nursery or Home Depot or Lowe's or whoever can give you some information. And of course, the internet, you know, Google University can give you everything that you need around plants. So 
water efficiency, how much water a plant needs or doesn't need. Watering your environment, say it grass or plants, three to five minutes a day, early morning or late evening. I think that maintenance, just like anything, we maintain our bodies by exercising. We maintain being hydrated by drinking water. We maintain our mental health by whatever practices we provide. Maintenance keeps us healthy, and it's the same thing for your lawn and your garden and your flowers. Excellent. Thank you so much for your insight. This has just been great. And as a person that has tried gardening and completely failed, now I know why. (laughs) And I appreciate every piece of advice that you've talked about. And the primary takeaways that really I got from our discussion is know your climate, know your soil and your native plants, do research. Monica uh, mentioned some great websites and ask questions. So Monica, where can people find you? Well, you can find us at cmelandscape.com, which is our website. We're also on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. And you can always contact me directly via my email at monicar at cmelandscape.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Single Lady States podcast. To learn more about what Monica discussed and to join our community, go to our website at singleladiestates.com. Also, we've got some really great news. We launched our first Single Lady Estates merchandise store, and you can find our signature mug and notebook on our website.